Welcome to the Dating Advisory Board. I have Ron Novak here. He's an entrepreneur and angel investor who has helped grow his IT company, Segway Technologies, into over $25 million in annual revenue. So let's segue into his latest venture. Ron is co-founder of Caring Village, and you can find them on the web at www.caringvillage.com, which is a caregiving assistance platform. So welcome to the show. Thanks We're for so having me. So excited that you're here. Happy to be here. Good. So, okay, first question. So let's talk a little bit about your background and how you came to get in the tech world. So sure. let's talk some tech. Yeah, I actually, um, I did what all tech entrepreneurs do. I majored in psychology <laughs> and then I started working at Radio Shack making about six, seven bucks an hour, which I thought, you know, made a lot of sense. My parents thought I was crazy, but actually that is how I got into tech. I um, eventually joined an early stage startup, which was Segway Technologies, or about five employees at the time. Um, and after working there a couple of years, my partners and I acquired the company which is really more of a fancy way of saying we took out a crap ton of debt and uh, faked it for about three years trying to figure out actually how to run a company. Uh, but one of the things we were always really good at was, was building things. So we did software development, web applications, eventually mobile applications. Um, so that really helped us grow because we were always really good at, at delivering on our, on our promises. Well, that's good. So can you give a little bit of background on uh, Segway, what they do? Sure. So we're primarily a defense contractor. So the Air Force is our largest customer. So we do a lot of network engineering, security, web and mobile application um, for groups all over the country and actually the world. Um, and we've been doing that, you know, since 1997. Oh wow! Yeah, that's great. Um, so you talk about being an angel investor. Um, I mean, what in your mind? Give us a little background on how you got into angel investing, sure. and how does that work? Like, how do people stand out when they are pitching their business? Sure, I um, I'm probably a little bit more on the risky side in the sense that I typically invest in early stage pre-revenue organizations that I I trust the founders. I think they have a, a good business plan, a good idea and preferably a, in a business that I know something about. So I tend to be a little bit tech heavy, um, but it's something for me that's, it's, it's been a way to diversify some of my investments, but also keep me involved and, and kind of current with a lot of things that are going on specifically in technology. Right, so would you say they're more on the tech space, like apps, and, or, I mean, because are you developing a ton of apps right now? Yeah, a lot of apps, but also um, some technology. So one of the, the groups I'm invested in, um, they've actually developed a um, automated pill dispensing box. So mm -hmm. allows you know people to uh, be more compliant with their medication, specifically organizations that have advanced medication regimens, which is very common in seniors or people that have uh, chronic conditions. Uh, so that's something that you know it, it just caught our eye you know very early. Um, we invested in them early stage. Um, some apps, also uh, some more non-traditional tech areas like or more traditional investments like banks and um, uh, even a restaurant, which that might not have been the uh, the smartest investment but you know I'm a as gambler long as it was good I'm a gambler food. I got to risk a little exactly. bit exactly yeah. diversify right? exactly diversify, <laughs> diversify safety. safety diversify safety exactly so let's talk about caring village I mean yeah. how did you get involved and you know give us a background on what it is and 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 what it what it does sure so um Really, the you know we've been building applications for our clients on Segway for so long, and uh, have always been looking for an opportunity to build our own product. Uh, so about a couple of years ago, we started doing some research in, in the medical space in particular, and are looking for things that uh, really resonated with my partners and I. And both my partners and I had um, experience in caregiving for our family members. Um, me specifically, my father was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer back in 2010. Mm -hmm. And you know, my brothers and sister and I were the only caregivers for him, and we could barely take care of ourselves. We're in our 20s and 30s, so we went from, you know, 
kind of dealing with this this guy that's been the rock in our life for so long to you know someone who just rapidly declined um, and a lot of the the caregiving activities that we uh, undertook with him were things that um, you know we just really didn't know about so all the communication between each other text emails phone calls eventually when we got a care pro in the home um, and they were supposed to leave notes every day on what happened did he get to his chemo appointments did he eat um, you know, did he have a good day? Those type of things, uh, you know, it was very inconsistent. The, that field is just very antiquated. And sometimes we would get no notes at all. Other times we would get, you know, pretty detailed notes, but mm-hmm. we just never knew. So we were constantly worried, calling each other all day long. And my, my business partner had a very similar experience with his um, mother-in-law and father dealing with Parkinson's and dementia at the same time. Mm. So, you know, we dug deeper and, and really looked for ways to help family members better collaborate and coordinate all of their caregiving activities with each other, which is essentially what we developed with Caring Village. So it's a caregiving assistance platform. Uh, it's both a, an app for iOS and Android, as well as a, a web dashboard that allows people to communicate, bring in care pros into the situation. You know, you can have nurses, doctors, et cetera, all involved in the caregiving activity. So you have a common operating picture of really what's going on at any given time. Yeah, I mean, I really liked your video that you did. Um, You know, it was a quick, you know, a two minute video, but Mm -hmm. it was very interesting. It was very easy to use. Um, You get updates, it sends it out to different people. I mean, it was was very, very interesting. I mean, everything is focused on trying to make it actionable. You know, we don't want it to just be another portal you have to log into. Everything is tied to real-time notifications, information, so that, you know, everyone's really in the know of what's happening. And more importantly, as a caregiver, it's more often than not, it's hard for the primary caregivers to ask for help. Sometimes they don't even know how to ask for help. So to be able to just have a laundry list of activities and put them in the app and put this little button out there that says, hey, we need a volunteer for these, it allows people to, you know, when they say, hey, how can I help? This actually gives them a way to help. Yeah. So we, we've implemented that with the system. Well, that's great. I can't wait to see it go across the masses because yeah. I know it will. <laughs> Knowing yeah. you, it will. <laughs> yeah, thanks. So uh, let's get bring it back into the dating. You talk about some strategies in the dating world and how that um, can apply. Um, you know, when you're talking about building businesses, right, or you're investing in businesses, yeah. um, what would be your first steps if one would be creating a dating strategy? Yeah, and I, I can kind of draw a parallel with a business strategy and a dating strategy in the sense that I think a lot of businesses, whether you're starting one out or you have an existing business and you're trying to scale it, I don't think a lot of businesses have that clear line of communication with their customers or potential customers. And that can be done a lot of different ways, whether it's social media, whether it's doing surveys. Um, Ryan Levesque actually has written a book about this called The Ask Strategy. And if you haven't read it, it's amazing. But he's essentially created a formula to allow people to create these surveys, continually get feedback even pre-development. So you can essentially develop your requirements based on actual feedback from your customers. And I think that's just absolutely critical in the business sense to have that pulse of what your customers really want. Because you can have this great idea to develop an app and your friends and family are telling you it's amazing. But if you do it and then no one's actually listening or actually wants it, that's you're wasting a lot of time and money. And kind of the, the comparison to that with dating is, I think in the dating world, you can you're kind of forced to ask yourself, right? What do I want in a relationship? What do I want out of a partner? And be willing to hold yourself accountable to that. You know, like that constant feedback from yourself. If you're constantly falling for that guy that's treating you like crap or, 
you know, the bad boy that, mm-hmm. is, you know, isn't doing you any good, you know, right. you might need to check yourself right. and, and really you wreck yourself. Exactly. Literally. <laughs> exactly, girl. I mean, let's, let's get it going. <laughs> yeah, <No. laughs> got to. No, but I mean, think about it. So we have the dating advisory board. You have yeah. boards in your personal life and in business. I mean, there's really no difference. No. Um, but, you know, asking somebody said to me, they said, you know, you can't always see your own flaws right. or what you're good at. I mean, sometimes you need other people to and have that honest conversation with them. Exactly. Go to your five friends and say, "Hey, by the way, you know, what are my strong points and what are my weaknesses?" Yep. Now, it takes a strong person to listen and, you know, without being upset. Like, I can't believe you think of me that way. But, I mean, take that criticism, you know, to heart. Because think about it. If you are making the same, you know, decisions and they are bad. Yeah. And you're making a series of bad decisions in certain areas of your dating life. Then maybe it's time to kind of do some self-reflection. Totally. Totally. Right? Treat it like your business, right? Right. If, if things are failing in your business and your customers are giving you feedback that, they don't like the, your products or services, you change it, right? Right. So why wouldn't you do the same thing in your personal life? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's um, I see it over and over, and I, ha- I do have one girlfriend, same same thing. But she doesn't want to ask for help, or she doesn't want to change. Mm. Like, I just want, I'm just me. If they can't handle me at 100%, then that's their problem. No, then don't complain right. that um, you have the same same mistakes. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So, so since we're talking about the dating strategies, um, I know before the show you said you've got a really good dating story and I've got to hear this epic one. This one's pretty funny and it's 100% true. I will leave his name out because uh, you might actually know him. Okay. Um, so a buddy of mine, and I don't know why this makes it funnier, but he's an attorney. So okay. for some reason, just to set the stage, he, uh, him and his buddies made a bet okay. that he couldn't drink a gallon of milk in an hour and keep it down. And the whole concept of the bet was, you have one year to do this, you can do it whenever you want, but we have to be there to watch you. (laughs) So, as a typical male, he waited until the last day. So 364 days into the bet, he said, oh crap, I gotta gotta do this, because I'm not gonna lose this bet. What was the bet though? To drink a gallon of milk. No, no, but what, like, I just, that's oh. just like, was there anything? If you know, it's funny. Do I it? actually don't even remember. Yeah. Okay. I was like, so what's on the other side if you didn't do it? <laughs> it was probably dumb. Like, t- maybe they paid for the milk. Who knows? 10 yeah, bucks or something. I mean, whatever. it was the bed itself. We're just meatheads, right? So, <laughs> so anyway, he, uh, so he had, had the guys come over, watched him drink the gallon of milk. But what he didn't tell him is that he was set up on a blind date that night. So, oh, literally two hours prior to him going out on his blind date that he was set up with someone. They've been trying to work this out for a while too. He drinks the gallon of milk, holds it down, no problem. Goes out on the date, they were gonna do dinner and a movie, but in reverse order. So they were gonna go see the movie first and then go to dinner. So they get into the movie theater and then that's when he starts getting the bubbles. Okay. Yeah. So, all right, real quick. Hey, I'm gonna go get some popcorn. You know where he was really going. Oh, yeah, exactly. He's going to the bathroom. Exactly. Uh, Soda, more popcorn. He ran out of excuses. He ran out of things to go get in the bathroom. 15, 15 visits later to the restroom, he's literally like trying not to shart there in, in the theater. He probably Six, doesn't have a pair of backup pants either. Oh my God, no, no. I mean, so he's just, he says he's sweating. He feels like he went in the bathroom like trying to take his shirt off and stuff like that. He's absolutely just losing it. He goes back into the movie theater after the 16th time she's gone. Yeah. <laughs> she just rolled out. Yeah, she's probably like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> <laughs> I love that story. It's so epic. I mean, I think it'd be funny, like, how my mental picture is going, like, he's, like, there with the, um, one of the blow dryers, like, the Dyson yeah. air, just, like, trying to yeah. cool himself off. Yeah, and, like, putting full, wet, wet towels well, yeah, on his face. full panic mode. It's just, it's oh, so typical. That is, that men, is. Men are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, like, hey, let's think about the consequences of, of doing this. But I mean, but he, he won the bet. He won the bet. Yeah. Right. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course he was going to do it. Exactly. <laughs> there was no way he was, he was going bad. So, um, so as we were talking on the technology side, I mean, what do you think, um, aside from the milk, <laughs> you know, how the, those age, anyway, um, how, how the game has changed in the dating world in the last 10 years? Yeah, I mean, obviously, with technology, I mean, I think um, there's a lot of changes. I feel like 10 years ago, maybe even earlier, the whole concept of online dating, using Match or something like that, there's a big stigma with it, right? right? Whereas now, it almost seems like it's the norm. It's almost weird if you didn't meet someone through some sort of service. I just, I just think it creates so much more efficiencies and allowing people to connect with people that they're, you know, they have common likes and interests and things like that. So I think it's great. Um, I think where people tend to get a little lazy with technology is they might not go to those traditional, um, you know, ways of meeting people, whether it's joining a club or if you're into hiking, you know, going hiking and meeting people that way. I think, I think it might create some laziness. I mean, I've even seen apps out there that you can set up reminders to text your mom or your loved one or your girlfriend or whatever. So you don't have to, like, you can literally like schedule out all your like, Hey, I love you. Or how are you doing today? Type text so that that people don't even have to. Okay, you may have to tell me what that is later. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, same style, from no. a busy person, it yeah. sounds like a great idea, right? right? But from right. a dating standpoint, no. it just seems you know, like you're starting to lose lose some personal connections yeah. there a little bit. But. Yeah, because, I mean, think about it. I mean, how many times have you heard people say, you know, it's all about creating experiences. Yep. You know, how many times do you look, at, you look around, like, just open your eyes if you're at lunch, if you're eating lunch somewhere like Panera or yeah. going to get Starbucks and everybody's heads down. Yeah. Well, they're playing Pokemon Go running yeah. into a wall. And now there's yeah. Pokemon Go dating. Yeah. So, which I'm like, I'm glad they got on board with that actually, pretty quick. It's a brilliant idea. I know. <laughs> it was funny because we were talking about that. Had Melanie Spring on and, um, and Michelle Jacoby and before it aired, they actually, we talked about, like, they should have a Pokemon Go for dating. And sure enough. They did. Yeah, they did. I think it was like a week and a half out when when uh, Pokemon came out that it was launched. Brilliant. And it was brilliant. I brilliant. mean, hello. I love it. I, I just love it. There's people getting out of the house. Now, people are running into each other, and there's that kind of thing literally running into each other. Oh, I was walking my dog a couple weeks ago, and I saw two guys literally next to a tree in the woods, not moving, just standing there with their heads down, and it yeah. was the most bizarre thing. My wife had no idea what Pokemon Go was at the time, but... I tried to explain it to her. Yeah, you tried yeah. To explain it. yeah. <laughs> no, but so it was interesting because um, you know companies can now use this. Like we talk about how how people really have to to get on the technology yep. board. I mean, think about the people like the gyms. They're you know getting these Pokemon and mm-hmm. people are going into the gym. Well, hey, well since I'm here, I might as well work out. Yeah. Right. Or in coffee shops. At least shops. it's driving a real personal interaction versus right. I don't know, just being behind the screen the whole time. Yeah, yeah, and then and then that goes back to like texting. Let's talk about that instead of face-to-face, right? So we're talking about that personal communication. I mean, there's some people that just like, you know, I just don't want to be on the phone. And I think that's more on the younger generation. Mm-hmm. But like for, for other people, they're like, I mean, how do you not have human or human interactions? Is your whole relation going to be on text message or bit emoji? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's, uh, you know, again, that's part of those effic- efficiencies are created because you're able to do these things and more quickly communicate. Yeah. But then I think, I mean, I think the good thing is it, it condenses the timeline of dating. I mean, obviously, you don't need to, like in swingers, the industry standard three-day wait to, right. to call someone. I think nowadays, if you don't text someone back the next day, if they don't get a return text, you probably realize that it's over. Right. But, uh, you know, still, I, th- I still think those personal 
connections, real world interactions, doing things that you like to do in the real world are still going to be the best ways to meet people. Yeah. And, you know, and, and asking for referrals, yeah. just like in business, mm-hmm. right? Asking for referrals with friends because you're friends with them for a reason, right? Exactly. And like, oh, hey, do you know anyone? I mean, they may not, but at one point they could be out to dinner or like, and be in a business meeting like, man, you know, so-and-so should really go out with this person because, you know, I could see them, it, you know, working out. Yeah. Right. Well, just like in business, make it easy. You know how like a, a lot of times in business, you make it easy for someone to refer you. Yeah. You know, the do, the, do the same thing in your personal life. You know, it's yeah. if you have, you know, hobbies and things like that. I mean, those should be apparent to other people, especially friends and family. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Um, so what are the some of the top three dating or business deal breakers in your mind? I think number one for me is is the lack of follow through. I, I think my biggest pet peeve period is if someone says they're going to do something and they don't do it, like I just, I lose trust in that person immediately. You know, whether it's, you know, saying you're going to meet someone out somewhere, whether you're going to respond to an RFP, if you're going to turn in, you know, a deliverable on time uh, and you don't do it, it just, I instantly lose trust. So, I mean, that's, that's probably number one for me. Um, I think honesty is a big Mm -hmm. one. Um, I had a situation where we had a partner company that we were working with and they brought us in on a deal and we were pitching their board uh, on a solution. And in the middle of the presentation, he didn't tell me he was gonna do this, they, he just grossly exaggerated the, the nature of our working relationship, how long we've been working together, how mm. many projects we had done together. And I'm just sitting there like, oh my God, this is, if this is the way he's gonna be in a sales situation, just imagine what it's gonna be you know, actually during execution. So that is a major red flag for me is yeah. anyone who's especially if they're going to be dishonest right in right. front of your face, yeah. right? So that's like, a big you one. You know, like, I'm still going to see you after this meeting. Yeah. And, right? I mean, and still have to deal with you. And what I did mean, you expect me to say in there? What if they had then asked me, you know, oh. what was the nature of your relationship? Yeah, exactly. You're going to make it up, right? Wow. And, and that puts me in a bad position. Um, and I think the third one um, would probably be the way, especially, now this can hold true in dating or in business, mm-hmm. the way uh, someone treats other people, especially people that work with them. Yeah. So I, I can make a direct comparison to, you know, being on a date or being with someone who treats the waiter at I a restaurant like that. crap. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had this where we've actually had a business lunch and we're having this really great, like, you know, conversation, you're a very polite person. And the waitress comes over and he's like, I need you to leave right now. Wow. I mean, literally put her hand up like, I, like he's going to like push her through the force or something. And I'm just sitting there. Embarrassed. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's really? embarrassing. It was, it was horrible. So um, I've also seen it in situations where uh, an executive or manager is treating their staff very disrespectfully in front of you. Um, that's, I just don't want to work with people like that. So for me, and that's, that holds true in business or in dating. Yeah, because I mean, imagine, I mean, like that person, imagine if they're doing that. Imagine what it's like behind closed doors. Exactly. If they're I mean, going to do that in front, of you. in front of other people, just imagine the nightmare they are. Totally. Behind the scenes. I mean, it's just, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, huge pet peeve. Yeah. But you're right, though. I mean, talk about, you know, loyalty and business and, and, and the dating world. You know, trust is important and yeah. both sides are, it, very, it correlates very, very seamlessly mm-hmm. in my mind. I mean, having to trust, you know, I've grown my business. I mean, I have 300 clients in the DC area that have the Avaya phone system, right? Yeah. But yeah, but I have to, I'm honest with them. I'm like, no, you don't need this. I'm not just gonna sell you something. Right. Because, you, you know, so-and-so says, oh, well, this is a really good product. Well, no, it's gotta make sense. And I think that creates value. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I think after a while, you you know, it might be hard for startups to do this, but when you get to the point where you can be a little choosier with your clients and, and choose to work with people that not necessarily you, you would always go out and have a beer with or something like right. that, but that you share um, kind of the, that common vision of how you work with people in the workplace and respect, I think that's really critical. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you're right. Now, what would you say is one piece of uh, advice that you have heard along the way that kind of changed your mindset? Yeah, I had a boss one time. Uh, I was working as a pharmacy tech. Mm-hmm. I think this was in college. And uh, we somehow got talking about his relationship with his wife. And I don't know exactly how it came up, but he basically said, my wife and I don't fight. And I said, well, what do you mean you don't fight? And he said, well, we had a really bad fight a couple of years ago. And we both felt horrible afterwards. We couldn't sleep. And we decided we never wanted to have that feeling again. Hmm. So obviously they have disagreements. You know, you're going to be on different sides of issues. But he said, we never raise our voice anymore. We you know, just decided that it is not worth it to us. And that really resonated with me because I didn't necessarily grow up like that. I mean, hmm. you know, sometimes you just hash it out and then you, you know, <laughs> yeah. you get over it. Right. Yeah. But um, my wife and I, we've, we've kind of taken that true and I, I think we've had maybe three fights in the 20 years we've been That's dating awesome. or together we just we just don't do it and it holds true in business too you know it, I think it allows you to have a more level head mm-hmm. um, in any situation the situation where you might normally get agitated or fired up or you know maybe you do want to scream and yell if you can keep a more uh, calm head I think it, it allows you to think more clearly in almost any situation really yeah especially coming from a leader right yeah. the CEO of the company I mean, the CEO of a company is going crazy right. yelling and screaming loose cannon loose cannon you know throws everybody else under the bus yeah. takes all the credit yep right I mean you know those nightmares mm-hmm. I mean those people have a can go in their own vortex somewhere and just <laughs> exactly keep it moving yeah well, I just thought that was really kind of a, a, a neat outlook and I, I've it holds true for me, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Now, when you say, um, I say that people have a tendency, to, when you talk about startups, right? Mm-hmm. And you talk about <clears throat> this of the dating dating world, like, I don't want to do it, like, I'm scared, you know, I'm, it may not work out for me in business or my personal life. So what would you say to the people that get discouraged um, when dating or even when they're starting a company? This is probably the most cliche answer I'll give you, but I honestly think that effort Effort. and work because if there's uh, not to bust on millennials and say that it's an entitled generation because I actually don't think that's true Um, I think they're actually very hardworking Um, I'm just kind of on the edge of being a millennial so I can bounce on either side but I I think a lot of people just expect things to happen and they expect you know they should have a good relationship if they're in a business that you know customers are just going to come to them you know they've got this great idea they've got a great cause behind it they just deserve success or they deserve to do well and that's really, I mean, you know, from yeah. it's not the case. You've got to work your ass off, yeah. you know, and uh, I, I think it's just so critical to put the effort in. I, I think effort trumps luck all day long. Yeah, so. I think it's true. I mean, I think I had an advantage just like you did with volleyball, right? And I had it with tennis that, you know, you, when you have an athlete and you kind of have that mindset, yep. right? And it's a different, it's a different, it's a game changer. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at things, you have, you have to put in the work. There's schedules, like you got three hour practices, you got training sessions, you got matches, and you're so hyper-focused on what achieving that goal, yep. right? I mean, you, you need to do that. And if you could take that and apply that in business and in the dating world, I mean, not crazy in the dating world, but just to, to a point where, it can be overwhelming, too big, because if you give too many choices, people aren't going to do anything, yep. right? So just try to hyper-focus, here's what I want, write that list down, 
put that in your profile. Don't I'm make a the big p- list guy. I agree yeah. with you on that. I am Huge so list guy. list only. All right, what's on my list? And working 40 hours a week, in a, if you own a business, that's not happening. It's not going to happen. If you want to succeed, it's not going right. to happen, especially no. in the early days. Yeah, no. And then yeah. you know, someone say, oh, did you see what so-and-so episode of this? I'm like, oh, my God. I was like, I barely have time to wash my hair. Right. <laughs> I never wash mine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really do wash my hair, but I'm just saying it's an analogy. Um, so tell us your other uh, really funny dating story. The other one isn't funny as much as, as it's 100% true and super sweet, super sweet. Aww. So uh, my so my wife and I went to high school together, didn't date in high school. Uh, my It's kind of a convoluted story, but I'll try to make it clear. My college roommate at the time had a friend come and visit us. So we were living together mm-hmm. at UVA. And this girl came in, and uh, she said she went to Radford. And I said, uh, "Hey, I have a friend that works uh, that lives at Radford, or you know, goes to school at Radford. Uh, I'll play the name game. Just curious if you know her. I'm like, you know, Nicole." And she was like, "Whoa, yeah, she's my lab partner." And I was like, "Really?" And I'm like, "What are the odds of that?" So I said, "All right, well, when you see her next, go back and tell her to break up with her boyfriend and let her know I'm going to marry her someday." Wow. And we were not dating. I hadn't talked to her in probably a couple months, and. It happened. I got a phone call two weeks later, and we went on a date two weeks later. And the rest is history. The rest is history. Well, that's really got cute. Her. You got her. Got but her. you put it out there, right? So let's talk about that for a second. That's very I had hair back then, though. Oh, my God. So that was probably matter. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you asked. You, you put it out yeah. there. There's so many times where Good people, point. you Good know? Point, yeah. yeah, I mean, you, you put it out there. Hey, you had nothing, nothing to lose. What, what was the worst thing she could say was no. Exactly. Right? You know, and, and I, I have that in business too. Like I was talking about that email. Like I'm gonna, you know, submit something really funny, and uh, see what happens. Yeah. I mean, it's a very small chance in hell. <laughs> Get there. You never know. But if you never know, uh, you don't try. So I would definitely, if anything, take away from this podcast. Go up to that person at Starbucks, say hello, yeah. or Panera, how are you, and smile. Right. Got to take mean, risks, or t- it never happens. Take happen. risks, right? Exactly. And then look at how great, you know, what happened with you. So. That's my, that's my, uh, I got lucky on that one. Yeah. She's awesome. She is pretty awesome. She is awesome. So tell us, um, how people can get in touch with you. Sure. Uh, well I'm on, uh, Instagram, I'm on Twitter at Ron underscore Novak, and you can check us out at caringvillage.com to see what we're doing with the caregiving assistance platform. And then on the technology side, Segway Technologies, www.segwaytech.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Ron. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. Have a great day. All right. You too. I see you.